You're listening to Wait On Purpose Podcast, the show for single women who want to overcome emotional discomfort with being single, understand the fear of being alone, and transform it to self-love while celebrating this season with joy, purpose, and passion. Each week, we'll explore topics on how to optimize your season of singleness and become who you want to attract. Now, here's your host, Tracy Noel, the introverted empath. Hey loves, welcome back to another episode of Wait on Purpose. This is your host, Tracy Noel, and I am here with another show um, where I bring a man to the table to discuss uh, a few topics that was uh, chosen actually by different women on social media. So a few months ago, I posted a question in some of the groups that I'm in. Um, just asking what are some topics that we as women would like to discuss with men. And I compiled a list of about 30 topics. And I had the men that come on the show choose like three random numbers that corresponds to like a random topic or a specific topic. And um, I did that because I thought that that would be like a great way to kind of keep it a little spicy um, and to kind of have a... um, a variety of topics to discuss with each man that was a little bit different. Uh, so today I have um, a guest who I feel is building his kingdom as well. He is um, someone that always keeps it real, no chaser, really good, good friend of mine um, who I've known for quite some time. Right, Matt? About how long have we... Have we known each other? Maybe about four or five years. Yeah, I know. We met at the library <laughs> on some yeah. nerd shit. Um, but I know you were, working <laughs> at, you were working at the library, and I was just up there with the kids. Um, but we instantly hit it off as friends. Um, so, like, I can be myself around Matt. Like I said, he tells us straight, no chase. I think he has a very great mind. Um, and can really touch and talk about many topics. So he's a very well-versed man. Um, so I thought this would be cool, like, to kind of connect with you. I think we've, t- like, we talk, right? Like, we we talk about these things, but um, the, the topics that you chose, I'm not sure if we've talked about them as much. So are you ready to find out what you chose? Yes, I am. Okay. So the first topic is... Uh, Okay, looks versus substance. So let's see. Now we've seen couples together, right? And we may have thought to ourselves, like, man, what what is he seeing her? Or, you know, what's she seeing him? Especially if we think we cute, you know, or something like that. And we see someone that we feel is like, okay, not so cute. We ain't gonna use the word ugly, but we think to ourselves, like, damn, how she get him? And I can't even get a, a text response back. So <laughs> I, I know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but um how important is looks to a man when it comes to a relationship? Because some women go all out to look a certain way to attract a certain man and Sometimes he's going for someone that looks like Shrek. So, like, how important is looks to a man, or how important is substance over looks? 
Well, I guess the thing is that looks are the things that uh, initially makes you interested in a person right off top. So that's the thing that might make them catch your eye right away. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, that's where the substance comes in. You know, the first two or three conversations as you get older, those are the things that are more important, what their life goals are, um, what they've been through, what their background is like. So it's like you go off of the looks at first to see if you're interested. Then you talk to them and you see what substance they have. And so then the looks become less important after you engage in conversation with them and learn a little more about them. Right. So that's fair. So what, what, what is substance? Like, like what is substance to a man? Like, what does that look like? Is it, you know, I know you said goals, um, you know, she's able to hold a conversation, but what is some of the things that a man looks for to even determine if a woman has substance? Um, like I said, the most important thing, at least from my perspective, would be the future goals that they have. Sometimes you can't look at where a person is at right now in life, but um, at least what they dream and uh, hope to obtain in the future. That gives you a lot of insight about the kind of person they are, you know, whether it be career goals, monetary goals, spiritual goals. That tells you a lot about a person, what they plan on accomplishing in the next year or five years or whatever. So whatever um, time frame you give, you know, you'll meet some people that they don't have any goals. They'll tell you they haven't even thought about anything like that. And so that kind of deteriorates their substance a little bit if they haven't even um, contemplated or considered where they're going to be in the future. Yeah, and that's a good point. But, like, to me, like, in my opinion, um, like, it just seems like relationships are very shallow and surface level nowadays. It, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of relationships that have this depth or, like, this, this substance where people – where both parties are kind of like growing and thriving spiritually or financially or mentally or emotionally. It's like really low vibrational type of relationships out here. So a lot of men and a lot of relationships that I see people are getting together just really off of looks along and they're not even having these type of conversations because you can tell once these problems come along and you know, people are breaking apart, like over like things that may have should have been discussed in the beginning of the relationship that would have kind of set the foundation on if they were going to even continue and become, you know, and come together. So do you agree that there is like a, a handful or like a more so than, 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 than not like these shallow relationships where we are not giving each other space to even talk about you know, like our triggers, you know, our past relationships, what hurt us, what our goals and our aspirations are, you know, um, what of our strengths are we like these things that we need to really know um, about each yeah, other. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that it's kind of um, contributed to social media, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, things like that. And especially especially sites like Instagram and um, Snapchat. Snapchat is another good one, where it's mostly like women that are like models or uh, strippers or things like that. They're advertised and they're marketed more and pushed. And so the women are trying to become like that and the men are trying to obtain those kind of women. And so the old-fashioned um, things that people look for in relationships are kind of dwindling away because of those things, in my opinion, because of the social media. Yeah. 
and also some of the television shows that we have, like Basketball Wives or any of those type of shows on VH1. I think um, those are the kind of things that people look toward now more so than they do, you know, realistic things. I think they look more toward things that they see on social media and certain television programs. And so goals and aspirations and triggers and all of those things kind of fall by the wayside until they actually get in a relationship with the person and discover things that, like you said, they could have discovered in an initial conversation. And, 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 and not even in the initial conversation, because sometimes people do put and give, you know, give them, you know, give you their represent, you know, representation, you know, and that's why I say, like, in my opinion, it's, it's good to kind of like lay off the sexual contact and all that stuff for a few months because a person starts to really show you who they are. And then by the time you know it, you're, you're already so tied to someone who you're not even compatible with, but there's already like this emotional attachment. Um, so what are like, okay, so, because this is really, this bothers me, you know, when I give a man my phone number And it's like texting back and forth. And I'm like, I'm, I am old school. Like I like to talk over the phone. And so it's these, it just bombarded with text messages, you know, good morning, beautiful. You know, you don't hear from until <laughs> later on that night. Okay. Good night, beautiful. And you know, what you doing, you know, just like shallow stuff like that. So, I mean, what is those tech, like, what are those text messages? Are those like this y'all just trying to kind of like, check in i mean like do men like to talk on the phone i mean why are we not having these like why are there a decline in these conversations um, well over the phone? i guess the beauty of uh text messages is that no matter what a person is doing they can communicate with you so you know we're in a, a fast-paced world now where people do uber and you know postmates and they work overnight jobs and they're in school and they're taking online courses and they're babysitting and they had kids. And so now it's easier where you can just text a person pretty much no matter what they're doing and converse with them. And so it makes it a lot easier. So a man sees it as, you know, if they're busy, then they can text you or if you're busy, then they can text you, but you can still maintain, maintain some kind of communication. But the flip side of that is also that they can be married or be in a relationship. And that's the reason that they're not, um, calling you and talking to you because they're hiding something. So it can be that, but it can also be the fact that they're busy or that they think you might be busy. Mm. And that's the easiest way to communicate is through text message or instant messenger or any of those kind of um, devices and technology advantages that we have today. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's fair. And, and, you know, we, you know, don't get me wrong. Like we love those good morning, beautiful text messages, but when it's like consistently text messages and there's no calls or, you know, then that's when it's like, okay, come on now, bro. You know, we are grown. I'm gonna need for you to call me and pick up the phone or talk to me and do something. But I mean, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, but remember then also you could say that too, though. You could say, Hey, is it okay for us to talk on the phone? It's nothing wrong with you. Uh, interjecting that you prefer that absolutely because maybe that'll never occur to the to the guy at all that's true i i guess i'm thinking like okay if we're you know near about 40 you know i i, I would think that that's like okay that's like 
a given, but you're right. You know, I think that's where that communication comes in at. We're just saying, you know, and I've told a guy, look like, hey, I'm old fashioned. You know, if you want to call me after the boys are asleep or, you know, we got a little downtown downtown time, let's do that. But sometimes I just feel like, okay, if we are at a certain age, um, that's just like a given, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, you know, just as part of getting to know someone and, and courting someone or dating someone. But uh, you're right. Just put it out there. Like, you know, let's, let's have yeah, a conversation. My belief is that nothing is really a given as far as uh, what a person, you don't know what a person is thinking. So if you have a, a idea or a suggestion or something you don't like, it's better to just say it. Nothing is a given. You know, we all were raised and grew up in different ways and had different experiences in dating. So it's better to just say what you want. And then if they don't oblige by it, then from there, you make a decision what you're going to do, you know, but at least give them a chance and say something that goes for both men and women communicate and say something first and don't assume that they, We'll see things the way that you see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what do you think are, what do you think are some things that should be discussed on the first date? Hmm. Um, Your ideas about marriage. Um, So you think marriage should be a topic on the first date? I I do. I do. I think you should. Okay. Like some people are against marriage altogether. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're a person that wants to get married one day. So, yeah, why continue to go on dates with a person that never wants to get married and you do want to get married or vice versa? Okay. Um, children, you know, do they have kids? If they have kids, how big a factor are their kids in their life? Are their kids adults yet? Um, do they see their kids? Do they want more kids? All of that kind of stuff. All of the family stuff. Yeah, it definitely should be discussed. Some people say it makes them uncomfortable, but it's not saying that you're trying to start a family with them that day or marry them that day. It's just saying that you're trying to figure out their opinions and views about that. Right. Because that could be an instant deal breaker, you know? Like, they might say, I hate kids. I don't want to date somebody with kids. And, you know, you have kids, so that would be your your exit. So it's better to get that out of the way than to see the person for six or seven months. And then you're trying to decide between your kids and the person you're with because you never discussed it. So, yeah, I would think that's something to get out of the way early. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. They're, uh... Their living situation, you know, it's nothing wrong with talking about their living situation. Um, do they live with a family member? You know, do they rent? Do they own property? Um, do they want to stay in the same city that they're in now or do they want to move? Mm. Things like that. Because that's stuff that could be resolved right away, too. You know, maybe this person is getting ready to move to Japan in a few months. And so are you going to be willing to move to Japan with them? Or are you going to stay, you know, in Chicago or wherever you live at? So that's something that you kind of discuss, like the living arrangements and what they plan on doing. And would what you want in a relationship, should that be a discussion? Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking like your intentions, like what, like what yeah, are your absolutely. intentions? Absolutely. I- yeah. Are you looking for a serious relationship, a sexual relationship, um, just friends? Yeah, all of that should be discussed as well. And and then this is the time where everyone has to be honest, you know, especially men. Sometimes men are not always honest about what they want, and then it causes a lot of problems. And sometimes women too, but I think mostly men are not honest about what they're looking for when they're dating someone, and that causes a lot of confusion. So this is the time to be really open and honest about what you're looking for in a, a dating situation or in a relationship or whatever you want to call it. And that's something you should already have had thought about 
Some people mm-hmm. haven't even thought about that until you ask them. So that's kind of a problem. This is something you need to know already before you even sit down at that dinner table. You should already have an idea what you're looking for. Exactly. And I think that usually comes with that conversation. Like I don't go out on a date with a man until I do have like a, a full blown conversation with them over the phone, because that's going to even kind of determine if I want to go out with them. Although the vibe is different in person than it is over the phone, but you can still get a glimpse of a person's mindset through a conversation. So what are some things that are kind of like off limits? Should you talk about your ex and your last and past relationships? Like what, what, what are some things that could be held off to the, maybe the second or third day? I just want to piggyback on what you said though, about, um, about, uh, talking to the person before you go on a date. I definitely agree with that. You should have a good repertoire and good conversation before you attempt to go on a date. Because mm-hmm. the few dates that I went on that were complete disasters, we hadn't talked enough and got to know each other enough through phone or, or text message. And then when we got together, it wasn't, we weren't compatible at all, even, even to go on a date. So, yeah, I just wanted to piggyback on that. But um, yeah, as far absolutely. as off-limits, uh, yeah, ex, to extent, yeah, talking about your ex can be kind of an off-limit thing. Because um, sometimes if you talk about the ex that you have too much, then it makes it seem like you haven't got over them. Mm-hmm. If you keep dwelling on your ex, and that goes for men and women, so it makes the person think that you're still in love with that person or something like that. So, yeah, you have to be careful with that. You have to really, really be careful with that and not constantly talk about your ex on the on the first date. Yeah, that's that's definitely, to me, a no-no yeah. on both sides. Yeah, I think it's a little tacky, too, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, um, I, I I just think it's, it's, it's irrelevant. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, you want to know, you know, a few things, but just, I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of tacky to even, even touch on that subject at all. Um, yeah, it can be. It, it's something, it can work, but it's, you really trading on a thin ice, as they say. You have to really be careful and not give off the bad, the wrong impression about yourself. Like I said, specifically that you're not still in love with the person. That's the thing that comes to mind. If you keep talking about that ex, you know? So what about if you, cause I, cause you know, I, I've been in abusive relationships, right. And that's not something that I talk about on dates, but I, 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 I have been on dates with men who may have saw like a Facebook post where I've um, shared that information on some, you know, transparency shit. Like, what do men think about women who have been in abusive relationships? Like, what what type of view do you guys have? I know you can only speak from your opinion, but what is your view on, like, if a woman told you that she was in, in a physically abusive relationship? Like, what would you automatically uh, It always makes me curious about their background. I don't really have any, I don't know. I just wonder what their, their childhood was like oftentimes. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. first thing that I... Uh, think about what did they come from an abusive family or background and uh what led them down that path i mean it doesn't mean that they did come from that kind of background but that's something that crosses my mind mm-hmm. I, I think i always kind of think that they probably came from an abusive background and that's why they uh gravitated toward that and then i kind of worry a little bit that um that they might be aggressive toward me because of that or uh, a little more overprotective about things that aren't a threatening situation because I'm not abusive, but because they went through that, I worry that they might, I'm, I worry they might be damaged, I guess is a good word to use. I yeah. worry they might be damaged because of going through that. 
not and, saying that I wouldn't continue to date them or I would continue to date them, but it does cross my mind. Like, oh, this might be a problem. Exactly. And it's, I'm happy that you said that because not all women who are in abusive relationship come from abusive backgrounds. Like with me, you know, I just didn't have my mom and my dad. I just didn't have a male figure in my life or someone telling me that I was beautiful, or that I was worthy and that I was special. And so I look for that validation in men and I really just didn't know what or how a man was supposed to treat a woman. And I kind of just stuck around because of soul ties. Like when you are sexually bound to a person, it will make you stick around for some of the craziest and dumbest things. And so it's not always an abusive relationship or abusive background, um, but it, it does stem from some type of um, issues stemming from childhood more than likely um, is a reason for a woman um, being or being in, in, in abusive relationships. But um, that's, that's an, another topic for something else. I just really wanted your opinion about that. Um, <clears throat> So that's interesting to know. Um, but you touched on, like, you said something like, okay, uh, one of the things, okay, well, another thing then, a, a, a topic of discussion, should we talk about childhood? Is, is, that, is that something that you should talk about on the first day? Like, like how was your childhood? Like, how was it growing up for you? Is, is that something? Man, I, I guess it depends on the person's childhood. Because some people's childhood might have been so traumatic and um and difficult that maybe it wouldn't be the topic to uh to engage in on the first date if you're gonna end up crying <laughs> because your childhood was that traumatic, then maybe you shouldn't do it to be honest like That's I was true. in a speech class before I had a speech class, and um we had to present different topics and the girl a girl picked a speech that was so emotional for her that she was breaking down <laughs> crying in the middle of the speech, so obviously that shouldn't have been a topic she picked for that speech class, because if you're giving a speech, you're just trying to get through it, present the information and sit down, not cry in front of the whole class. So it's kind of the same for a first date. If it's something that's going to make you cry and be miserable, okay. then yeah, maybe you shouldn't, you shouldn't share it. And that goes, of course, both for men and women. Well, not on the first day, because I, I think it's important, especially if you're going to date someone to know their childhood, but you say maybe that's like a third, fourth, fifth type of time. <laughs> yeah, depend, depending on your childhood, yeah. And if you had a really rough childhood, you could just say that, like, yeah, my childhood was really difficult. I don't even want to talk about that right now. It was really difficult, but you don't have to elaborate, but just let them know that you, you had a rough time, maybe. And yeah. then, you know, if you had a, a quote-unquote normal childhood, as, as we call things normal, I know people hate that word, but that's the only word I can think of. If if you don't have anything extraordinary or anything that make you break down, then yeah, talk about it. You know, talk about your parents working and you know, the school you went to and how you grew up. Yeah, if it's fine. If it's if it's not something that'll make the date uncomfortable or make you uncomfortable, then yeah, go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, but I but again, I still think that it's something to be discussed. If this is someone that you're gonna start to settle down with, I think. Yeah, you will have to discuss it. Yeah, there's no way around it. You will have to eventually discuss it. You're right about that. There's no way that you can date the person and never discuss that big part of your life. Okay. So um, you touched on like, you know, one of the topics that you should discuss on the first date is, you know, a person's living arrangements or, you know, if they're thinking about staying in the same city, of, you know, years from now or 
whatever, which got me to thinking about your second topic, which is long distant relationships. So what, like, what is your, what is your opinion on those? Can, can long distance relationships work? Well, I'm in a long distance relationship now and I will figure that out if they can work soon. I'll have an answer for you, but no, no, but seriously, if you (laughs) communicate on a regular basis and, um, try to make some plans or uniting, then you can, you can uh, continue to survive. I don't know how long you'll last, but you can survive at least. He said survive. Yeah, you can survive. If you communicate on a regular basis, you have to, that's one time where the text message thing that we talked about earlier and that you have to utilize everything. Yeah. Text messages, your phone conversations, your video chatting, Mm -hmm. writing letters to each other, anything you can possibly do. You have to do everything possible in order to make a, a long distance relationship survive as far as communication. While if you live in the same city as somebody, you might go two or three days and not call them, which is still bad, but at least they know that you're in the same city as them. They're not too worried, but if you're not in a long distance relationship, that doesn't fly at all. They're yeah. going to either think you're, you're dead, cheating, something's <laughs> going to be wrong. You, you have to keep up with each other. If you aren't in the same, same area or same cities or states or whatever, you have to do that. It's a must. And then I guess one thing that people, the long distance relationship I'm in, we're in a, only a one hour time difference from each other. I'm in Chicago, they're in Detroit. So that's not a big deal, but maybe if you're in a long distance relationship where you're in extremely different time zones, you know, different parts of the world, you have to figure that out. You know, how yeah. you can maintain communication when it's daytime with it and nighttime where you're at. It might sound like a minor thing, but that's really important. That can be really difficult. So, Yeah. Yeah, you have to really maintain large communication and um, utilize all assets that you have, you know? Yeah, and I mean, how long have you and your relationship been going? Um, I guess it's been about two years now, and we have a child in our relationship, so it's a little more difficult even. We have a six-month-old boy. So, so. So my question then is because you guys – when you guys met, were you guys in different states? Yes, we were in different states from the very beginning. So was that something that you guys discussed? Like, okay, are you going to, do you want to move here? Do you want to move here? And what made you guys still, I mean, it's none of my business, but like, like how we does that But we didn't, we didn't finalize anything. And then we still proceeded and uh, started a family despite not finalizing anything, which I wouldn't advise to any listeners. I wouldn't advise that, but that's the situation we have. And now we have to work with it, you know, but um, no, we didn't finalize any plan. We discussed me moving there, her moving here, but we never finalized and came to a decision. Do you think that you would ever move to Detroit? It's harder because of uh, job prospects and things like that. And for her, she has more family in Detroit. I don't have a big family period. So that wouldn't be too bad of a factor. But both of my parents are still living and both of her parents are deceased. Mm. So that's, that's kind of a difficulty. You know, those dynamics like that you have to look at. Family dynamics, work dynamics, yeah. um, weather dynamics. Like for Detroit and Chicago, of course, it's the same weather. But in some places, the weather and the temperature and things like that could be different. The crime in the city, things like that. All of those things are factors that you have to think about how the other person would feel, how you would feel if you you switch places you know yeah and that's a good point because i know 
and it, it's really like different. So I'm trying to see like, what is that component? Because I know a girl, uh, like one of my friends that I've known for over 10 years that stays in Chicago, like she just upped it and moved to Las Vegas with her man. They known each other for like, what, one year, was in a relationship for one year. I bullshit you not. They fell so much in love. They're a beautiful couple, you know, but her, you know, her son is a senior um, in high school, but she, she got up and moved so quick, um, <laughs> you know, so wow. she's, she's out there with him and, that, you know, it, so it was like, it was just like that, right? She, and I guess before she left, she made sure she had a job lined up, you know, just all of that, you know, all of that foundation built on that. Um, so, so what's the difference then? Like, so what is the difference between someone who would just kind of leave everything and go on and start another life in, in another state, um, opposed to someone who's kind of like, both of them are like, okay, well, I don't want to leave what I got. Well, I don't want to leave what I got, you know? And it's like a, a pull, a push and pull. Do you think that? I mean, it could be a difference in the person, the people's personalities, or mm-hmm. it could be a difference in the, the cities that the people live in. You know, you, you really don't know, you know, um, like Vegas seems like a good place to live. Actually, I've looked at Vegas before for a mm-hmm. lot of different opportunities for work that I do now and work that I'm interested in doing um, with Detroit. The problem is the prospects are a little slimmer as far as um, mm-hmm. as far as work. But then the problem with Chicago is that Chicago is considered more of an expensive city. I've lived here my whole life, right. so it doesn't seem all that expensive to me. But for people that live in other places, it's considered a more of an expensive city. And so that would be a hard, and then the violence in Chicago is something that's um, intimidating the people that live in other places. Yeah. And so you have to look at all of those factors as well. It could be the cities themselves and the people's personalities that okay. uh, contribute to them not moving right away and making a decision like that and other people moving right away. That's fair. That's fair. And, and like you said, um, that constant communication is, is, is very key is very key um but that goes into your next topic that you chose which is porn (laughs) and masturbation which is um a question because you're not close to the to your woman right and so of course there's some type of sexual attraction there um so my question for porn it's it's like a twofold right um Mm -hmm. Cause you know, you, you got to get your rocks off somehow, but does like, does watching porn give men a certain type of like expectation from women that is impossible to fulfill and kind of strips away that passionate intimacy that comes with sex. Like, like I don't have anything against porn. Um, I'm pretty like, you know, whatever you want to do, that's your business. Um, but the issue I have with porn is that it doesn't reflect the power and intimacy that comes with, with sex. And I, and I feel like sex is one of the most powerful transference of energy. Like, you know, if you're having sex with the right person and y'all set the right intentions, y'all can manifest some powerful things. And I'm not just talking about children, but y'all can move mountains, um, through orgasms, right? Um, like it's real, real, real deep. So I guess my question is, does porn um, give men like this certain type of expectation from women that 
really is impossible to fulfill and kind of strips away that intimacy to where sex is just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I don't think so. Um, I think it's kind of like uh, any other form of entertainment, like video games, music, and movies, you know, where you you watch a movie or you listen to a rap video and you're entertained by it and you like the lyrics. And then hopefully you can go on with your regular life and separate, you know, the rap video from your real life. But keep in mind, of course, with rap music and video games and movies, like I named, people can't separate those things sometimes. Exactly. I was going to so say. If you're that kind of person that can't separate those things, then maybe it can be a danger. But if you're the person that watches that, enjoys it, and then can move on with your regular life, then I think it'll be fine. And um, I guess it depends on how much time you spend watching it, too, which is the same for the rap, video games, and movies. Depending on how much time you spend with those things, and maybe it can become a bigger influence than uh, than you expected. So, yeah. you know, if you're watching that four or five hours a day, then maybe it can warp your reality. But if you're a person that maybe, you know, once or twice a week, you watch it and then that's it and you move on, then I, I don't think it should have that big of an effect. No. Yeah, it, it shouldn't, right? In, in an ideal world. But and like, like, but I've heard like relationships go, you know, like, shut down because of a man's um addiction or whatever to porn so it also depends on what type of uh of uh, pornography you're watching as well too well i think um, that with women when we have a man who's constantly watching porn it starts to make us feel insecure like okay what is these women doing that i'm not doing or what you know my man is being turned on by watching someone else have sex instead of having being turned on by watching us have sex. So what, like, I, I, I guess, like I said, porn has really like torn a lot of relationships apart. So when you say it depends on what type of porn, like, 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 what do you mean? Like, what's the difference if it's just, well, um, it could be some stuff that you guys would never do. Like, uh, what do you call it? Um, BDSM, you know, the uh, sadomasochism and stuff. Maybe you're not into that. Mm-hmm. And so if the person's watching that constantly and you don't do that, and of course that obviously cause a lot of problems. Right. Because that's something you won't engage in and they're watching it. But if they're watching, as I, again, the word normal, normal stuff that you guys engage in, then I don't think it should cause as big a risk if it's similar to the things that you guys do on a regular basis. But um, like like a, a common problem uh, in the African-American community with pornography that some women mention is that their mate watches transgender porn. And um, that could be a problem because the woman is not a transgender, right? So that would make her feel uncomfortable. That makes her feel uncomfortable in uh, several ways, I guess. One way is the fact that she may think that the person is a homosexual. Mm-hmm. And then the second factor is that she's not a transgender. So that means that you're looking for something that she can't provide. So in that situations like that, that's where it could be a danger for the relationship. Does that mean that a man is possibly gay if he's watching transgender porn? I would think so. Yes, I would think so. A hundred percent. But they say no. But in my opinion, yes, you would you would have to be homosexual to get any uh, arousal off of this. So what type of porn do you watch now? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's I was willing to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. That's not my business. Um, but I, I, okay, just to play devil's advocate, I can say some porn can be used as an enhancement um, 
to a sex life like life if you guys are like kind of watching it together and um you know let's do what they do let's have fun and do this let's have fun and do that but you know like i said it it it, it could cause a lot of problems in a lot of relationships if it's not um i don't Utilized know appropriately i don't know what's utilized appropriately for porn like i i don't know how well, to like put that one thing I would say is, uh, like, instructional, real instructional videos that you would find, like, in an adult store, um, they're not so much pornographic, but they are actual people having sex, um, could be more useful in a relationship than actual pornography. But what is, like, what is it called? Kama Sutra videos and things like that, where they really are more educational, but you could still get aroused a lot of it, and both parties can watch it and feel comfortable. And they usually have um, regular actors that look you know, like me and you with normal bodies. And so maybe it'll make the woman feel less insecure or the man feel less in, less insecure about things because it's more of a normal couple and not um, some of the exaggerated things that you see in uh, more commercialized pornography. So I would say that that could be a way that you could help, help it and make it not cause harm in your relationship or making your own videos and movies and pictures. Um, now that we live in the age of technology, if you're comfortable enough to do that and not paranoid about, you know, the images getting in the wrong hands or things like that, that's a way where you can utilize it to enhance your relationship instead of hurting it. Yeah, and that's a good point, like the Karma Sutra videos, um, Tandrick and all of those type of... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I suppose... But one problem with that is that men are not as interested in those, actually, women... I'm more interested in that kind of stuff. And the men aren't, so that's why the men have to kind of come along and realize that that may be more useful to their relationship than um than what they're normally watching. And it, it can teach them something about their partner. And so in the end, that'll be more beneficial. It would be than, more you know, beneficial. Yeah, it would be more beneficial to learning about their partner and their partner's needs than maybe watching a gangbang video, for example, where that doesn't necessarily relate to what you guys are experiencing in your everyday relationship. Yeah, and then it it just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, like, when I look at porn, um, it just seems like it takes the intimate, it, it takes away the intimacy of sex. Like, I cringe, and I don't think I used to, like, when I was younger, but... Like, I, I, I will literally cringe when I watch porn because I'm like, oh, my God, that's not how you're supposed to do, do the Yanni. Like, that is not the way you're supposed to do that. Um, and I don't know. I just don't see a use for, for porn anymore um, as, as I get I mean, older. in some ways, you're right because there's stuff that we can do on our own. Like I said, we can have our own videos and, um, and like, like the things that we talked about that are more instructional, we have things like that available now. And so, and in some ways, it's not as useful as it once was, if it ever was useful. We have more options now. I mean, it was useful back in the days when you were like masturbating, right? You know, if, if Man, it, well, you don't, are not in a relationship, that's true. Yeah. And for me, one thing is uh, currently it's starting to get a little weird now. Um, so it's not as entertaining as it was when I was younger because they they have a lot of weird videos on sites, <laughs> stuff that I wouldn't engage in. Um, 
right know, like like having sex with animals or something like that yeah bestiality um that is crazy. Things, things involving uh fecal matter and urination and uh, things like uh, that, that, that uh, you know see because um when stuff becomes popular then it seems like they go higher and higher we're up in the Andes to make it more on the edge, you know, people get bored. And so they keep trying to make it more exciting and then they go too far. And so it's, it's less appealing to me, even as, as a male, because they went too far with some of the things. And I, and, and I touched on that in one of my podcast episodes about soul ties, how for some reason, this society has convinced us that sex is just like this one dimensional um, non-spiritual or emotional type of experience when in fact it's a very tri-dimensional experience because when you have sex with someone I don't care if the intentions is a one-night stand or like a friend with benefits you are transferring energy that is going to stay with you and it's like a soul tie is like a, um, a rope around your neck or a rope around your waist that you are carrying from all of the sexual encounters that you've had to the next relationship. So just imagine you walking around with all of these ropes and cords around you from different type of people. Like that's how it looks in the spiritual realm and, and, and you're trying to get into a relationship and settle down with someone. And so I, I, I think that sex has gotten so it's, 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 it's gotten shallow. Like, like people don't realize how powerful sex is and, it, and like you said it's, it's, it has turned into this this clown show where it's it's getting like oh my god like you said fecal and you're like that's that's disgusting you yeah, understand what i'm saying fun. yeah i don't know to each his own to each his own like you know you got to do what you want to do you know whatever but rocks your that's boat. where our first our first thing comes in with stuff like that that's something that could be discussed Maybe it, it might be a little awkward on the first date, but early on, that kind of stuff should be discussed because maybe a person is into that a lot and you are not so much. And you need to know that earlier better than later, you know? Absolutely. But do you the think, problem, though, but do you mm -hmm. agree that sex is a very powerful, like, have you ever tried to manifest something during an orgasm with someone that you really, really love? Like, do you know that, that, that you can move mountains at that time? Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, the better connection that you have, the more that you love each other and are connected, the better that it is. And the more comfortable you are and able to communicate with each other, the better it is as well. You know, that's kind of what I always tell women is that the reason that I would discourage your one night stand is because the person is not necessarily interested in your, uh, just even your physical pleasure, anything really about you. They're not interested in any factor of your life, really, mm -hmm. but not even your physical pleasure. So it could possibly be a complete waste of time for you. So how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about women who, who have sex on the first date? I mean, with that, it depends on the vibe and um, how the date went, because sometimes it, it's almost impossible not to. Things went so well and it seems like the right thing to do on both ends. But some people will do it no matter how bad, or how good the date went, they don't care. So that's kind of how I judge it. Like, I was on a date before and we were at the move, you know, we were at a buffet and then they said, let's skip the buffet and let's, let's, let's go, let's do it. That, I didn't like that so much. I still went, but I didn't like that so much because we hadn't established any connection yet. And it was a little weird. Mm. 
because it gives me the impression that they do that all every time they go on a date. Yeah, they that's might what, not, but that's yeah. what I think. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at because um, I've heard like a lot of people who have who are now happily married and in years, and you know they had sex on the first date. Um, like that's not my forte. Like I remember the first and only um, first dates, like first night or one night stand that I did. Like I saw dude like the next day or something. Like we, like we, it was so awkward. Like it was one of the most awkwardest things in my whole life because we didn't exchange numbers. We was like, okay, okay, high five. That was good. Woohoo, yeah. And we end up seeing each other the next day. I'm like, what the hell? So we. Oh it, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> So we end up exchanging numbers anyways, and, you know, we're still cool to this day, but it was just so awkward that, I, you know, you like, okay, so that's, that's how I knew that one-nighters were not for me, because I'm like, okay, that's, that doesn't work for me, but to me, well, I feel you were like. Smart enough to see that it wasn't for you, though. Some people will have an embarrassing, uncomfortable experience like that and still continue to do them. Oh, every, no. Every time. Yeah, I mean, to each his own, but, like, I. I have to, like, I totally have to have some type of emotional connection with someone bef- before I have sex with them. Like, I, I, it has to be some type of mental or emotional connection um, just right off the bat. Because it, oh, it, it, it just wouldn't feel right if, if it wasn't. Um, so, okay. So, um, I, I thank you for sharing your perspective on those topics. Um there's actually what I like to call like the lightning round. So there's just like these random questions that I ask all of my guests and just very interested in seeing, you know, what you can come up with. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So um, what can you do today that you were not capable of doing last year? Hmm. A good one. Um, I guess I have more foresight as far as uh, in the relationships and, uh, and more patience. So from this year to last year, I've developed more patience because of being in a long-distance relationship and now recently having a, a son mm-hmm. through the long-distance relationship. It made me have more patience because now I'm at the point where I have to, even if I don't make the relationship work, I still have to continue to be a father to a person that is in another state. So I have to figure out how to make it work one way or another. So that's something that I've gained from this year to last year. Okay. That's good. I'm sorry. Um, I'm doing, I, I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear that? You, you laughed. That's all I heard. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so if you, and patience, that's, that's, is a virtue. So that's really good. Um, and, and if you had uh, like a million dollars, what's the first three things that you would do? Um, invest in some kind of stock, invest in some kind of real estate and invest in the children's education. Okay. That's good. What what makes a relationship successful to you? Communication, mm-hmm. friendship, and um, trust, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Trust, communication, and friendship. Okay. Well, what did your last relationship teach you? 
that mm-hmm. you may have I brought guess, into this relationship? Um, I guess establishing uh, your goals in the beginning more. That was something I didn't talk about in the last relationship I was in before this one. I didn't I didn't know that that was a, a thing really, and uh, I learned that you should discuss that kind of stuff and get an idea of what the other person is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because okay. if you don't, then you'll be going in two different ways. You know, your two planes going in two different directions. Yeah. So this one is a little little different from what makes a relationship successful. Um, what what do you look for in a woman that's possibly wife material for you? Like what's some of the qualities or things that you look for in your wife? Um, I guess someone that would be nurturing, mm-hmm. um, you know, caring, uh, patient, understanding, and can cook. <laughs> okay, old-fashioned. Yeah. yeah, the cooking is an important factor. Um, because most of the women that I've wanted to marry kind of would want to be a stay-at-home wife if things worked out that way. And so, you know, anybody that's going to be a stay-at-home wife or if you're going to be a stay-at-home husband, then you have to have more domestic skills. That's, that's just how it goes. And so, yeah, that's, that's why that's a factor. Okay. What is the best thing about being a man to you? Um... Well, I guess the way that most societies in the world are, um, they're more geared toward a male, you know, jobs and um, um, everywhere you go, school, everything is more geared toward a male than a woman usually. So that's, unfortunately, that's a benefit. It may, it's unfortunate for women, but it's, it's a benefit for us. So I guess that would be the best thing that the world is kind of designed for you. Mm, okay. Even... Even as a black man, you, you can recognize yeah, that, even yeah. As a, even mm-hmm. as a black man, yeah, still, it's still, uh, it's still like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you know, when you are a male, um, it's almost like the family prefers a male over a female. All, all cultures, not black, just black or white or Asian. It's most all cultures usually prefer a male child over a female child. That's that's just how it goes. Even if they don't speak on it, you know, it used to be a time where they would openly say it. Now they don't say it as much, but it's still, that's the factor, you know? So Yeah, and that just goes back because a man is able to continue the legacy and kind of have children and, and, and things of that nature, right? Keep the family name and all of that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, keep the family name. So, yeah, that, name. that's definitely the best part about being a man. hmm Okay. So who is God to you? Um, I guess what God is God is- to you? What is God? Yeah, what? I guess who? God is um un- all knowing and uh, all powerful, and um the person that you have to submit to in order to really get anything in life. Um, mm. If you don't recognize in life that there's a higher power, then I don't think that you will be able to accomplish much in yourself because um it's certain things that as a human you won't be able to do. Mm-hmm. So if you're not able to recognize that there's a, a higher being, then you always will struggle. And um, you'll feel weak and powerless if you think that you're the highest person in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's definitely a belief in God or God is essential to, to human life. If you don't have that, then you'll always be disappointed, I feel. 
I agree. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so is, is there any uh, social media handles that you want to share or websites or a, a place where we can connect with you if we're interested? Uh, sure. Yeah, I guess Facebook would be the best. Uh, I know people don't use it as much, but that's the one that I use the most. So my name is just Matthew Walker. And that's my first and last name or my email address, I guess. Would that be okay to put out? I don't know. Yeah, I'll put it on the description. Um, yeah, I guess put my email address. Okay. Any new projects or business ventures you got going on? Um, I'm just trying to go back to school. I want to go to school for a thing called fire investigation. That's something I'm interested in doing. And so I'm just working on making that happen. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Good luck with that. I think that would be that would be good for you. Um, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So thanks, Matt. Thanks, buddy, for coming on and sharing this space with me. I was. It was very, very interesting uh, hearing your perspective on some of these topics. Um, you dropped. You dropped the little jewels. You dropped the little jewels. So thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's something that we need to do more of. Is uh communicate and find out what the opposite sex is thinking so we can you know benefit more in our relationship because i'm sure that some of the things i said other people feel this other males feel the same way so you're getting my opinion and other people's opinion in one i feel yeah and and i think that and i was just talking to someone about how um like one of my topics with another man was 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 vulnerability and um i think that what we what we want as women mostly for men is presence like we 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 want you guys to be present with us right um and i and i feel like a man can't be present in, in any situation that he doesn't feel comfortable or safe or even a, a a slight bit of vulnerable in that he can be himself and open up and and talk about what's bothering him and how he feel um and so I'm sorry. And so I feel like um, that men do, like we do need to make men feel more comfortable with being human beings, right? Like they have feelings. So I do definitely appreciate when a man is able to open up and, and just talk about what, what, you know, just his feelings, period. I think it's a beautiful thing. So uh, thanks again for um, coming out and Thank you all for listening to another episode of Wait on Purpose. And remember, uh, you are single for a divine reason. Like this, this season of your life is not in vain. There are so many things that you can be optimizing and healing and growing from while you wait on the person that you are supposed to grow and build with in this life. So just continue to live your life in your true divinity and your personal power unapologetically and so until next time love peace and light bye love this episode on wait on purpose don't forget to subscribe rate and leave a review it's very much appreciated until next time